Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Well, hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm so excited to have with me Matt Beckenham from Australia. So it's early in the morning for him right now. And he is an author, he is a pastor, he is a teacher. And he's actually a friend of a gal that I went to high school with, Jesse DeCourcy. So it's really cool to have these connections and that I had, I ordered his book and then we were able to get connected. So it's so nice to meet you, Matt. It's so nice to meet you as well, Heidi. <clears throat> and I love all these connections that we have that allow us to into these places of relationship and in these places of the Holy Spirit as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And could you just kind of, you give an introduction. I kind of shared a little bit, but I'd love for you to introduce yourself. I just want to just show, this is the book that Matt Ritt called, wrote called Eden's Blueprint. Um, and I just loved it. There's so many notes that I have in here and highlights and it was awesome. Yeah. So just kind of share a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into your testimony. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Heidi. So, yep. I'm in Australia. I'm born, bred, raised in Sydney, Australia, married to a Texan though. And um, yeah, we're just uh, clicked up 33 years of marriage. Wow, um, that's great. It, it is. And um, my wife is a registered counsellor here in uh, Sydney. And um, along with, uh, we run this business called Greater Things. And she's working not uh, under Greater Things as a counsellor. She works for herself. But uh, I glean a lot from her and mm. a lot of what she uh, has discovered, a lot of what she's learned, a lot of what she's put into practice have become life-giving tools for us in relationship, but also in mm. faith. So we have a real heart to bring the mental health world mm, and the faith awesome. world together because over here in Australia, Heidi, that hasn't often been mixed mm -hmm. wow. uh, together. They've often been quite separated. So yeah. We're such believers that God is the God of all things, and yeah. he has given us so many keys to help us in this um, journey of life and to live life in all of its fullness. So yeah. it's part of our heart to see life come and life overflow. Those words that we often hear in churches that can become a little cliche, we love to see them become words of power inside of people's lives, yeah. uh, words of hope, uh, and under it all, like just words of love. And that's yeah. that's kind of our heart. So yeah, married for 33 years to a Texan. She came over here uh, in 1989 as a summer missionary. Wow. Uh, um, from a university to work with youth groups here in Sydney. And at okay. that time I was leading one of the youth groups and that's how we met. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> and what a great story. <laughs> What'd you say? Four and a half months later, we got married. Wow. You knew <laughs> God knew. Yep. We knew. And um, so, yeah, so three kids later and all of our kids are now grown and out of the home. And, yeah, they're just such amazing humans and we love them. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of us. So I was pastoral ministry in a Baptist church for nearly 20 years. And okay. in 2021, we made the call to step out of that and to do this thing called Greater Things. And now it's, uh, it's like a global online community uh, wow. of faith. We run courses on um, uh, dream interpretation, deliverance, prophetic leadership, and things like that. Yeah. Um, and that's Jesse also has partnered with us, and yep. she and mm -hmm. are running a, a beautiful course called Living Presence, which is again all about mental health and engaging with the the voice of God as well. Wow, that is beautiful. So, it's is it? Can you just tell the website right now, and I'll have you say it again at the end? Is it greaterthings.org or .com? It's greaterthingsinternational.com. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. So I would love to hear your testimony. 
Um, your book is full of many of them, and you're very honest and very candid in your book. And I very much appreciated it because you could, I could sense God's presence um, just even through the revelations. You had so many revelations, so many things that I, I learned and I was able to gain that I had. It, it's like you put words into some of the things that I was thinking. And you know how sometimes that happens and then someone's able to like grasp it? That's what you did. But you've been through some tough times. So could you share your story and kind of what God has done in your life? Yeah, absolutely. See, Eden's Blueprint, that came from a lot of questions inside of my story. And there's a lot of questions in faith. There's a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of questions around some of the promises that are in the Bible that so often I found uh, were more theory in my life than they were practice. And so as a pastor, you're preaching these great theories and in inviting people into these great experiences of God. But so often I'd found I found myself just going, okay, where's where's the tangible here and where's the truth? And as I've written in my book, like part of halfway through my marriage, we fell apart and we it was like a ground zero moment for Trish and I, where mm. We had to work out this thing that we call marriage, this thing mm-hmm. that we call relationship, and somehow or other to draw the whole kingdom expression into into that to mm-hmm. to get how does this thing all work together? That's like what you've written in your book. It's not about the the instantaneous. It's about the process. It's about the journey. It's yeah. about one day making to another day, mm-hmm. making to another day, making to another day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there's so much inside of that book which is me answering so many questions that often that I I struggle with, I wrestle with and allowing me just to go beyond some of the things that I've traditionally been taught. So been raised uh, in a Christian home. Uh, my dad uh, was a pastor. He was the pastor of the church that I pastored uh, for 20 years. And that is both a blessing and it's sometimes a, an extraordinary challenge. Yeah. Uh, following <laughs> the footsteps of a, of a guy uh, like yeah. my dad. Mm-hmm. And um and so, yeah, so I've been in a Christian home my whole life. I gave my life to Jesus uh, when I was 13. I had an experience with the Holy Spirit that um, at the time in a Baptist church, nobody <laughs> could explain that, nor yeah. could I. And yeah. um, so I tucked that little experience away for a long time until uh, well into my adult years that I started um, just really searching out what this thing called the Holy Spirit was. So, yeah, mm. so at the age of 20, Got married at the time I was working in engineering. So by trade, I'm a drafts person in structural engineering and civil engineering. Okay. In my early 30s, I gave that all away to follow wow. the call of God into wow. pastoral ministry. So, yeah, and um, so my, my whole journey then shifted. But at the age of 38, that's when my world fell apart. And when people talk to me about my story, about my testimony, I want to talk about transformation uh, with them. I want to talk with them about the power of what God can do. uh, And I want to talk with them about the power of what God has done in my life. So I want Mm -hmm. it to be tangible. And so you'll hear me say a lot, uh, Heidi, that just, it's just getting it out of the theory and into the practical. It's, it's allowing um, these great truths that we've grown and learned for generations to become powerful expressions of seeing God at work in our every everyday life and so at the age of 38 when everything goes um i was going to say australians say it, we get goes pear-shaped which means i think americans say it goes sideways or something like that yep <laughs> <laughs> so yep. when things go pear-shaped it's not going well and trish and i coined a phrase of one hour at a time and so in some of those really hard relational crisis moments where thing like anxiety attack panic attacks um, became part of my journey, Uh, you start learning what it means to be present rather than I want this all to change. How do I change it all? I'm learning presence. I'm learning that God is with me in the moment. Uh, I'm learning to to walk through some of the pain of my life. I'm learning to discover why I made the choices that I made. And like when you're 38 and you realize you spent 38 years trying to please your earthly dad, um mm. that's uh brings you back to earth let me just mm-hmm. <laughs> say that out loud and uh and it had to change it had to shift and uh and so 38 years of a pattern 
uh, doesn't shift overnight, hmm. but through these hour by hour moments and revelation, presence and love building, we started putting the blocks back in place to where we are today. And so we're nearly 15 or 16 years down the, the, the road from that. And people say, have you healed? And I'm like, I'm healing. I'm still healing. I'm still learning things about myself. And some of those things, you sit there and go, wow, why didn't I learn that when I was 20? And I wished I could have understood this principle when I was yes. 20. Yes. Does that all make sense? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so somewhere along the way, I, I had this heart desire to start writing as well. And English was never my strong suit at school. <laughs> it was always one of my weak points. So I always wondered whether I could. And like Australians, are, we often talk ourselves down a lot like we have this thing over here Heidi called a tall poppy syndrome so if anyone gets too big for their boots we love to bring them back to earth so if anyone starts saying things that are not what people think that they are mm. we have this uh, awful way of bringing people back to earth as we would say yeah uh, and you had to start believing in yourself and the whole conversation shifted for me when I started learning how to love myself mm. started learning how to discover who I really was not who the world had told me I was or what my mistakes had declared over me of who I was and it, it was a journey of of self-discovery it was a journey of discovering how much God loves us and again how much that love I could trust and and rely on so, yeah, so that's kind of where we are. So stepping out from a Baptist world into this world has been an interesting one as well. So now we run this online company called Greater Things and we're wanting to engage with people at that hour-by-hour hour level, meet people in those moments to bring hope where there was no hope Yeah, um, because we've been there. We know what that feels like and right. we have this concept that whatever you've overcome or whatever you've walked through in life, is what you can help other people with in life as well. Does that all make sense? It does. I Could you kind of share a little bit of the story of how the church, like you were pastoring and how, you know, the, the, there was, you were kind of getting more into religion and it wasn't about God's love. How did you, like you weren't putting God's love first. Like, can you share how you were able to kind of make, get the awareness of that there was even issues besides the fact that your wife was <laughs> like yep. not happy with you? And yeah, I mean, so how did you, because I think that that's part of the problem with people, it, with all of us, myself included, is where we just don't know what we don't know. And so there's this lack of awareness of what we're struggling with. So we could be doing something that's not helpful, but we don't know that we're doing it. We just keep doing it. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, Heidi, for me, like once we, in, at the age of 38, I put myself into counseling, which um, every other week I was sitting with a counselor and the person that I had uh, with me, and she started asking me some really large questions about belief system and where that came from and uh, and also my family system and helping me unpack and discover that and in that journey you i guess when you when you ground zero it you get to choose what you put back into the mix as what you're building your life on and if you're choosing to build the same things that you've already built your life upon and then you're most likely going to come to the same outcomes that you had before. Now, there are times in every one of our lives, I think, where we sort of get to the, the place of going, is this actually working? Like, how can I do these things better? And it takes courage in those moments. And it also takes vulnerability to step into those places and start searching that sort of stuff out. Right. And what I discovered in so much of my world is that religion had built a system around me that forces you to do it in the way that other people have done this thing called the Christian walk and life. And you rail against it, but if there's no other option to it, you'll continue to be driven in the same ways as the generations that were before you. Um, this concept of of breaking out of religion came in probably 2016 to me when I went through another season of burnout and I couldn't work out why I kept burning out. And 
we'd gone past our really rough moment. We were healing. We were doing great things. We'd started to uh, travel. Our kids were starting to get to the age where we we had the freedom to do those sorts of things mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. But burnout yep. continued to be a part of my mix. And in 2016, I had a moment with God where uh, it was actually through a dream where he came to me in the dream and said to me, you can keep doing this if you want and or you can start training people how to hear me speak, how you can start uh, teaching people um, this whole thing of the prophetic. And so up until that time, Heidi, I was running a deliverance and healing ministry and I'd been a part of that since before I went into ministry and people from all over the place were coming to Sydney for healing and deliverance and I had a waiting list six months or 12 months long and when you're a young pastor having a waiting list like that it feeds your ego it doesn't Uh, feed the kingdom of God and you're going wow I'm important wow God's doing great things through me but mm. what was happening is I was losing my family what was happening is I was losing my identity in the place of people coming and ego um, being built. And in 2016, when I went through a time of burnout, I, I had a new idea, which is the, the the blueprint, if I can use that word, for what I'm doing now. And I started this thing called prophetic mentoring, where uh, at the time, uh, God said to me, they can keep coming to you for this, or you can teach them how to do this. And so I started these small groups of people in my own church of probably about 10 people. And I said, okay, we're going to to learn how to listen for God. And I taught how to hear God speak through the Bible, through dreams, vision, creation, and using your own imagination. Mm. Within six months, half of my church had done this particular uh, thing called prophetic mentoring. By the end of the year, people from outside of my church were coming to it to start learning how to use it. And then when COVID hit, it was like a worldwide thing that was able to be right here on my computer. And we continued to help people in this place of discovering the voice of God. When they found the voice of God and they could understand that they're designed to hear the voice of God, their identity then became a conversation where we could start talking about who they are and allowing them to discover their unique design, their unique creation and helping them um, be comfortable with that. And that's where the presence comes into it. That's where so much of the mental health is so powerful and so worthwhile, when I say worthwhile, necessary inside of these conversations. And we saw this beautiful coming together of one, where so often in the Christian church, people come for the miracle, but they don't come for the journey. They come because they want something big. If they get that something big, it can be like the Israelites, where three days later, they're complaining about what they're not having anymore. And so I wanted to help people, and Trish and I wanted to help people meet God on Mm. a daily basis, moment by moment. Mm. And so they could discover for themselves that revelation doesn't need to come through a pastor. It doesn't need to come through another world leader or a a prophetic voice. It can come straight to themselves. And so in teaching them in how to hear God and speak in multiple different ways, you're Mm. you're teaching people how to test what God is saying. Mm. And so now, this is like seven years later, many people have gone through what we've gone through and you're still seeing them come back talking about what God is revealing them to, to them today. And so in our community, Heidi, at any given time when we gather, uh, I'll, I'll say to somebody, what's God sharing with you this week? Now, seven or eight years ago, if someone said that to you, you'd be like, me? <laughs> um what did I read last in the Bible? And maybe I can just use that. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's this beautiful new culture where God does speak and it might be through a drawing. It might be through creation. It might be through something they have read in the Bible or something yeah. they've read in the book, but it's allowing them into the place of presence to see mm-hmm. God. And so now people will come in with dreams. They'll come in with visions. They'll come mm-hmm. in with, I was walking on the beach the other day and I felt Jesus' presence walk beside me. And that's become commonplace. And so when we do this thing called prophetic mentoring, what's so important is people's voices. And so the groups are small. And uh, like at the moment, I'm running a prophetic mentoring group for five people, which means every one of their voices has been released. Hmm. They're not coming just to hear mine. They're coming for their voices to be released. And so if you're sitting in a room with five other voices, you've got, therefore, with my own six hmm versions of God's voice speaking into your world 
Wow. Heidi changes your world because like I feel like a kid in a candy store with that sort of stuff. It's just like God's voice is present from everyone. You're watching the lights come on, tears start dropping. People are going, God's just spoken to me and it's been affirmed or I've been thinking God's been saying these things to me and now I know. So these sorts Mm. of things for me are the breakthrough out of religion where people have had to come to a church to listen to a qualified um, teacher and now it's God is coming to me and we bring that into community and we draw that into the space of what people are hearing so that again we can create a safe place for people to use their voices to be seen to be heard and to be yeah you actually write that in your book you said it's part of our human design to be seen and heard. And God has actually been showing me this more and more. So like you saying this, and I have it here in your book on page 20. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a couple other people that we've been talking about that, that, that that's why in relationship, we might fight with someone because we're not heard. And so we continue to speak up because we have this innate desire in us to be heard. And that's not happening. So can you help maybe kind of walk us through how we can start to to operate in this place like give us a little taste of of this this love uh, I love to do that too Heidi because I think we're designed by love and to love as well mm-hmm. and that's such a profound part of our original design we are and you've written it in your book we are created in God's image mm-hmm. now that might sound commonplace or, yep, that's straight out of the Bible, but so many Christians believe that they've been created in sin. Mm. And if you start from Amen. that paradigm, mm-hmm. you lose the concept of what Christ has done on the cross. And it's like you're still waiting for what Christ has done on the cross rather than Fine. believing he has done it. Yeah. And so my concept is is you're breaking, you're taking hold of some of these, these commonplace religious teachings and ideas and thoughts or even theologies and just getting curious about is that true does this hold with scripture does this hold with god's story have i seen this inside of my own life and you're getting curious and we should not be scared to test because the apostle paul says don't scoff at prophecies but test everything so even when a world leader in the christian church declares something Feel free to test it. Take hold of it. Listen. What is God saying to you through it? But allowing it to fit into your experience and understanding of what God is doing and bring that into community. And so this whole concept of being created in his image, I say to Christians, do we believe that or, or do we not? Because if we do, we should understand the magnificence of what God has done in us and through us. And then you've got John 15 where Jesus says, I am going to abide in you and you are going to abide in me. You've got Acts 2 where it says the Holy Spirit will be poured out on all people. That one verse, Heidi, that should blow our minds, right? Because that's not just talking about Christians. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on all people. You fast forward to Colossians chapter 1 and it says through Christ's sacrifice, God has reconciled the whole world to himself. Mm. If you're ever wondering about how big the cross of Christ actually is, mm. these are the scriptures that you sit with and you go, why didn't I know these when I was 20 years old? Like, why was why was I holding on to things like I'm such a sinner mm. or uh, I have a sinful nature? Yeah. When there's the Apostle Paul going, actually, he's actually reconciled the whole world. He's in my Bible, a new living, it says he has made peace with mm. everyone. Now, yeah. What does that mean? And it's got to mean more at times than just a few people have come into the revelation of what God is saying. And so for me, my mind stretches to understand something more. So then I I fast forward to 1 John chapter 4. What does it say? God is love. Mm. Now, 1 John 4, I love the whole whole passage there because it goes on to talk about how perfect love drives out all fear. Mm -hmm. But God is love. Mm. He is love. If we believe that, do we understand that when we love our partner, something of God has been happening in that place? Because God is 
love. And when we love our children, there's something of God that's actually happening in that moment. There's something divine. There's something spiritual that occurs. And I think any one of us know and have felt love, we know at times it goes beyond understanding, doesn't it? Like we do yes. crazy love yeah and like sometimes you look back and you go oh my gosh why did I do that but <laughs> do crazy things for love why because love at times is not logical sometimes yeah. it's not rational and we're trying to fit God who is love into a theological or a rational understanding that we keep banging our heads against yeah my past desire is to stop banging our heads against the 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 walls that often we lock ourselves into religion mm-hmm. and start looking for the God who is love and like Romans chapter one there is no excuse for people not to believe because of creation himself and that's like I say to people get outside Mm. find the awe and wonder stand in front of a mountain and go my gosh god is so amazing stand in front of an ocean and discover the magnitude of who god is and all of a sudden you start seeing and start understanding and feeling something more of the divine that is around us so this whole premise that god is love to me this is not just a theory this is not just a word this is god himself living within us and allowing that to be an expression that flows from us so i think people heal in with love i think love is that thing that shifts and breaks down some of the strongholds inside of our world and our life and for so many of us we struggle with the concept of am i loved and yeah you actually Sorry, I just want to say you actually, you said I hadn't known what God's love felt like. I'd been told through many sermons that Jesus loved me, but I had not encountered it. So I'd been given a gift without understanding the giver of the gift or the gift itself. (laughs) I mean, that's so many of us. Yeah, We, we don't, we don't understand that concept. Yeah, and you said that you can't teach someone you're loved. You have to show someone that they're loved. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal for me. Heidi, like, I think I grew up singing that song, Jesus Loves Me, This I Know For, The Bible Mm -hmm. Tells Me So. And while it's cute and all of that sort of stuff, and I believe that the Bible tells me so, I have no doubt about it. Love is an experience. Yes. It's not a theory. It's an experience. And of all the things in my life that have changed me the most, it is when love has been a part of the conversation. Uh, And so forgiveness when there's no love is just words. Hmm. Uh, Prophecy when there's no love, like Paul says, it's just like you're a clanging gong. You give people headaches by, by doing that. And so often I find in the Christian world, um, some of the, the prophetic voices too, they can become just harsh clanging gongs because you you're not there's no love in part of the the words that flow and and so I'm drawn to people who speak words of love. I want to hear. I want to listen. I want to lean in. It's like like I said to you earlier. It's like reading your book, Heidi. You can hear the vulnerability that you walk in. You can hear the authenticity that you walk in. And those things can be used against us in the world that we live today, but you have found a deeper thread where you've discovered a healing journey that has allowed you into a space of a greater encounter, a greater experience, not just of love of God, but love of husband, love of family, love of wife. And these, to me, this is the keys of the kingdom that are unlocking and releasing us and allowing us to be the true form of who we are created to be. Like how many people in the Christian church compare themselves to somebody else? And comparison is one of the greatest destroyers of relationship. It's one of the greatest destroyers of identity. And helping a person discover their true identity, and it is sensational, it is spectacular, it is of God. I will never get tired of doing that, Heidi. Yeah. So how do we, I mean, because, yeah, because I've I've learned how to, you know, I'm flat on my face and <laughs> eating dirt and I, I've, you know, learned how to step into, so, you know, some of what you've done, but I think my path has looked a, a lot different because I wasn't a pastor, you know, so you've had a lot more of the word of God. How, how does somebody who's listening, who's like, I want that, I want to walk in, in that, how, you know, let's say they, they had a lot of trauma and they don't even feel like they even know what love is. Like when they hear that, they're like, that's, that's me. 
I want to experience that. Like, I don't have anyone that can show me love. Like how, how do they start stepping into this, what you're talking about? Yeah, that's, it's such an interesting question, Heidi. And for people who are listening, every story is different. Everyone is unique. And so one person's healing story is utterly different to another person's healing story. But it starts from a place of understanding. For me, it started from my own identity. Who is Matt? He is not the sum total of his failures. He is not the sum total of his uh, circumstances. He is created in the very image of God. And so mm. it was for me shifting. Mm. And I think when, you know, when Jesus says, love others um, as you love yourself, mm. uh, like in the mental health world, <laughs> And being married to a counsellor, the amount of times Trish has gone back to that one verse of scripture of going, you want to learn how to love others? Well, how about we start with learning to love self? Yeah. For most people, uh, it's easier to give love away than it is to receive love. Yeah. And so in Christian churches, people often serve their hearts out to burnout. Totally. And they, they lose themselves in that. And for us, it's starting in that place of identity. Who am I? Who am I created to be? Now, trauma, and that's a, probably an entire podcast series on its own in the concepts of trauma, because so often, again, in the world, we generalize statements. And when we do that, we lose story. Hmm. So I have this trauma wound. Well, there's a whole story that flows into that space of understanding that. So when someone comes along and says, oh, I've got depression, can you pray depression off me? Well, there's a whole story that's drawn a person into that place where they feel that they uh, are having depression, anxiety. These are major things inside the world right now, uh, particularly post-COVID, that people don't know what to do with some of these things. And so we generalize it. And so people will come and say, pray depression off me so that I feel better. Trish and Patricia and I, we want to walk with you. We want you to know that you are loved. This is not just about Matt saying that you are loved. Yeah. This is about how do we partner with you to help you know, one, that you are loved, and two, that you can learn to love yourself. And I think with so much of Jesus' teachings, um, Heidi, like you look at the woman who came and cried at Jesus' feet. That one story, that changes my life every single time I seem to sit there. Because that woman, she didn't have to come with her story. She just came with her presence. Mm-hmm. It's everyone in the room. They knew some part of her story and they connected the dots through condemnation. Doesn't yeah. he know who this woman is? Yeah. Jesus doesn't need to know the sum total of our mistakes. Mm. For us, he doesn't, we don't need to speak that stuff. He knows it. What he's looking for is our heart connection and expression with him. Mm. And so she walks into a room full of condemnation. Now, who would want to even do that, Heidi? Like, mm-hmm. if you knew that everybody else in that room, bar one person, is going to be condemning you, shaming you, uh, pouring guilt all over you, like, that would be like the the same ends of a magnet to me. Like I'd be, be repelled by that. Absolutely. But there was something drawing her into that space with Jesus. And somehow or other, this unclean woman gets into a Pharisee's home. I'd love to even understand that from uh, a different perspective. But yeah. she gets to his feet, cries over his feet. No words are passed in the, in the way that is spoken to us. But Jesus effectively says this woman is forgiven. Mm-hmm. And... What is she going to do? She's going to love profoundly well from this moment onwards. Everyone else in the room is going, what has just happened? But in that moment, here's a woman who has come in to learn, to feel, to sense, to know something of the love of God. And now she's been empowered to take that love with her. Now, I don't know about you, but some, when you when you mess up and you 
you're feeling those condemnation words and thoughts and all over you. I wonder what her mind was like as she walked out of that space. But love has this beautiful moment of overwhelming, has this beautiful moment of delivering, has this beautiful moment mm. of resetting this whole part of our world and part of our, our life and then drawing us back into that place of encounter and experience. And so for people who are listening, you might be hearing this as theory for your own world and your own life. What I'm hoping that you might pick up is some of the hope that I have walked this out in in my life, and I think hope is infectious. I, I think when people start sharing their story of restoration, hope is actually born from those places. Um, and in that hope, our faith grows and allows us back into the place of going, it can happen. It can be restored. People can see me for who I am. And one of the things for me, Heidi, after you go through a time where you're ground zero in in life and relationship, mm-hmm. you lose the ground of judging people. You lose it. Um, <laughs> so good. And it's people would come into my office after that time and they go, you'll never believe what I've done and you're going to be so disappointed with me. And I'm like, just share your story and yeah. I'm going to show you some love. Yeah. And when people share it's like my love meter for them just seems to rise. And so when I was reading your book and you're talking about things that you've walked through in marriage, I'm like, yeah, this is a woman who gets it. This is a woman who knows the power of what it is to come into that place of connection, to come into that place of knowing that I carry a love that other people can Mm -hmm. share in as well. And the love that I have will change the lives of other people that are around us. I can only imagine the people that come into your marriage counseling room and the hope that they might must see in you and your husband when you sit there and talk with them and you don't even need to use words because when you carry that hope of restoration, you have been drawn into it. You know that passage in um, Acts where it says that Peter's shadow healed people? Uh, Heidi, your marriage heals. Oh, that's good. It's like your shadow. And when people come into your presence, it's like that healing, that hope, starts becoming theirs it's a part of their story now and you become a part of their story and your love just by sitting and listening Mm -hmm. is allowing them to encounter the love the restoration the hope the courage the authenticity and the vulnerability that you have walked through to get to this very moment now i don't know if you're like patricia and i but we still have our hard days right we still have those moments where we go what's going on but now we have a story of hope Mm -hmm. so trish and i we have this phrase heidi um like when we're in our hard times we're like what do we do now like where do we go now we've changed our language we've changed our vocabulary and now we say how are we going to heal now Mm. and that's a prophetic word how are we going to heal and so both of us are here to heal when we are feeling hurt and we are feeling pain we might be feeling misunderstood or unseen and unheard but at the same time we're wanting our vocabulary our language to shift in a place of hope Mm. and so that we can draw our story with us to show where hope has brought life along the way yeah i want to i actually just want to speak out how i'm feeling right now um and for those of you who are listening and you can't watch um when Matt was talking, he actually had tears in his eyes as he was talking about the woman at Jesus's feet. I feel loved. I feel loved and I feel worthy. I love me. Like there's more, I like love myself more. I love God more. It makes me, I love Matt. Like I just have, I love the listeners. Like there's And so it's everything that you're talking about. Like I'm, I can feel his presence right now. And I'm feeling it too. Like, I know we talk about like, oh, we don't need to focus on our feelings. And, but I, I I think it is, it's just, he's here, like he's here and his presence is here and he is love. And so then you just catch it. And Mm -hmm. it's, and so I just want to encourage the listeners to just allow yourself to just feel that, to feel that love that I love you, that Matt loves you and that you are worthy you're worthy of belonging and being known and being seen. And, you know, I, so one of, one of the things that you talked about in your book is you actually um, let us in an encounter. And I'm wondering if we have time, if you could do that, just like kind of your favorite one that you do and just lead us into an encounter with God. 
I'd love to do that. Okay. And that's, I love what you're saying. <laughs> Trish, Trish has this phrase, she says, feelings are messages. And we get to work out what the message says. Yes. In Christian churches, we often say, like you say, we, we deny our feelings because we yes. want to hold on to what we believe. But God is a relational God. He is a present yes. God. He is. And you know, what? I just told my therapist the other day that when we don't allow ourselves to feel our feelings, it's like we're ch we choke. It's like we have food. We're, we're trying to put food in our mouth, but then we choke on it because we're like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. But no, you're not good. You need to actually talk about how you feel and you need to get this out. It needs to be processed. That's yeah. okay. Like, you're not going to stay angry forever, but you need to speak it out and talk about, oh, actually, I'm hurt or I'm actually sad. And then you move through and you're like, oh, that felt good to talk about it. I feel loved and I feel heard and seen. And then you might be able to move on or you might need to talk more. You know, it just depends. Yeah. yeah. I so agree. And see, this sort of thing generationally, if we can shift this for our kids, we can yes. empower them. Absolutely. Come on. Mm. See, it's part good. of these activations that I do or encounters, that I, I, it's effectively using your imagination. Now, I grew up in an era where we didn't. We, if we were daydreamers, that wasn't a term of endearment. And so a generation of people lose that sense of engaging with God with their imagination. Our kids have got it in spades. Like one of the wonders for me is watching kids draw because they are prophesying through their imagination and in their drawing. And so when we do come to Minnesota wow. and do this retreat, this is what we're doing with the kids that are there. Wow. They are the youngest prophets in the house and it's not cute it's actually powerful and allowing our imagination to be utilized by by god and so for lots of people in churches we go no it's too scary to use our imagination we could be getting it wrong we always use it so heidi if you ask me to pray and i only use words i'm still imagining what i need to say so i'm imagining the listener i'm imagining yeah. the thing i think that, that needs to be spoken i'm listening for the voice of god to go okay yeah. what is it the listeners are hearing when we do activations, it's doing that, but wanting to use pictures around it. So using our mind to imagine something that God might be doing. And one of the easiest and uh, activations that I help people with, when I say the easiest, it's simple. It comes straight out of the Bible. It's Revelation 2 verse 17. It talks about Jesus giving to each person who has overcome a white stone with a new name on it. And I invite people into the activation of looking for a white stone just to imagine it and a new name. Now, the Bible says it's a name that you understand. Now, for lots of Christians, they don't get this because they go, I don't know who I am. Well, start thinking about what names mean. So often names are character traits. So the name Matthew is means gift of God. I'm not sure what the name Heidi means. Do you know what the name Heidi means? Uh, noble noble nobility noble and then there, there's this beautiful character trait of god that sits inside of of heidi for each of us think about a character trait of god that you associate with so for me it's love uh, and this whole concept of a white stone name for me is the father's love I want to be a spiritual uh, dad in the kingdom of God where I'm empowering the generations that are around me. And so as we do this activation, in your mind, if you close your eyes, people often do this with their eyes closed. If your eyes are open, that's fine. There's no wrong in any of this. But think about a white stone. Think about for a moment, uh, is it rough? Is it smooth? How white is it? Does it have veins of gold that flow through it? There might be a little bit of dirt on it. You might have just dug this, this one out of the ground. There's nothing wrong when we use our imagination in this way. And we're looking for the name that God wants to place upon us. Now, if this is new to people, you might be going, I don't see a rock and I definitely don't see a name. Well, let your mind, the first thing that drops into your mind when you think about a character trait of God, what is the word? Could it be love? Could it be hope? Could it be compassion? 
Could it be peace? Could it be victory? Every part of the words that I'm speaking might mean something different to you than they mean to me, but that doesn't make them wrong. There is nothing wrong. So often with religion, we look for right and wrong. Just inviting you to come and sit under the tree of life, and we're going to leave that right and wrong to the side, and we're going to hold on to what is life. So the white stone that's there in front of you, how big is it? How heavy is it? And then ask Jesus to write upon it the name that you carry. Invite him to speak that word over you. And so like even sitting here with you, Heidi, the noble, the pure, the restoration, these are powerful words that are in your story. And I believe, Heidi, whatever is in your story will become the prophetic voice that you speak over people as well. And so I just want you to sit and just go, okay, God, where is it that you've led me from to know where I am? And in this place right now, I can become the very image of the Father. And I can become the very word that you are speaking over me. Wow. That is so good. I got to share something. So I, I saw rock for me, but all of a sudden I saw a, like a whole ton of them. And I, I feel like the Lord was wanting me to give them to some of the listeners that didn't see them. And I just, I have them for you. So any of you who felt, who struggled with this or didn't feel worthy, I'm going to give you those rocks. So just allow me to give those rocks to you. And that he's, God is saying that he loves you so much and he has a special word for you. So even if you weren't able to get, to get a word now, that you will get one. Thank you, Matt. This is so wonderful. I'm wondering if you, if there's anything more that you had to say, but if you could pray for us, if you could pray for the listeners. Yeah, I'd love to pray. Let me do that. Yeah, Father, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Heidi. Thank you for her willingness to open her heart and spirit. Allow people to hear and to see and to be empowered by what you have done in her life, the wisdom that you've given to her. And now the medium to be able to send it across the globe. Jesus, I just pray that you'll once again just place your, your fingers over Heidi's mouth and release again even more the hope that she carries. And so, Father, for those who are listening, space and location mean nothing to you. You can be in many places at the very one time. And so, Jesus, I pray that you might come and sit with the people who are listening to this, that you might reach out and place your hand upon them to feel the love of God, maybe for the very first time. Jesus, we just invite you to speak words of life over them. Words of hope. Words of truth. Where there have been lies about their past. Voices in their ears that have convincing them that they are not worthy. Jesus, would you place your fingers in their ears and release them so that they can hear your voice again? Will you place your hands over their eyes and release them so that they can see you again? May you know that you are created in his image. May you know that the one who is in you is so far greater than anything that the enemy can bring against you. May you know that you are clean, that you are whole, Jesus himself said, what I have declared clean, let no one declare unclean. And I believe through his sacrifice on the cross, you have been made clean. He sees you clean. He doesn't see you as sinner. He sees you created in his image. And so Jesus, today we lift burdens of people's minds and hearts. And may they know the power of your love today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, this is so powerful and so wonderful. Thank you. 
So how how can how can they get a hold of you? And like, are you taking? Can people sign up for these groups? Or are they closed? And they can get your book on Amazon. Um, it's called Eden's Blueprint. But yeah, they can let them know how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, greaterthingsinternational.com is our website. We are on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. So you can find us on all of those those places. Uh, the courses that we run are all done on Zoom uh, and they're not big. The biggest classes we run are 10 people and we do it that way because we want connection and we want your voice to be released. So it's when you do big groups, people can hide in those places and this is not a season for hiding. Yeah. This is a season where God is drawing us out of those metaphorical caves to be seen, to be heard, and to be understood. Mm -hmm. uh, they also create these beautiful moments of, of community for people. So uh, you can come and be a part of that. We have a range of courses that that, that we offer. Um, we also have an online community where people can come and um, we do these things called cafes where on a Thursday night in the States or a Friday morning in Australia, um, we do a big Zoom and um, with people, and it's just glorious. I, mean, I love connecting with people oh, like this. <laughs> so yeah, so there's lots of opportunities to be engaged. Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you so much, Matt. I'll make sure to put all the links below, um, and then also, could you sh share a little bit about the family camp you have? We're recording this in August, and I think it's it's coming up in what in month October. is it? October 2023. So if you hear later, you know, you could maybe check it out if he does it again, but it's in October here in Minnesota. Yep. So 26 to 29 um, and it's in Minnesota. There's uh, there's only probably a handful of spaces left. And okay. so depending on yep. when this yep. uh, goes live. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Be, we're doing, you can come for day visits as well. And there's okay. lots of Airbnbs around this particular retreat site so if that's something you want to do you can see all that information on our website as well okay all right well thank you so much matt my pleasure thanks for listening to the strong tower mental health podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please rate and review the show on apple podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with jesus at the center you can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.